Stieber, Stieber kapura törhet, eldőlhet a mérkőzés, Stieber a 16-oson belül, lövés, gól! Hello and welcome to the Hungarian International. This time it's going to be a end of year review. On today's show we have David Asboff. Welcome to the show, David. Hi Tom, good to be here. And we have Chris Barrett as well. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey boys, always good to be with you guys. Cool. So, Chris, we'll stay with you. Um, what's been your favourite part of the year? It's been quite a depressing year for Hungarian football, but there's been a few highlights, I think, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, again, I'd, I'd, I'd like to stay away from anything national team related. Um, I think we can all agree that it's been a fairly depressing year for that. Um, and um, uh, I do like the fact that um, it's been another good season in NB1. And um, the, the power teams are up top, uh, Videoton and Ferenc Baros. Um, I think uh, it's just it's always very competitive. It's a, it's a much more different season than last than last season but it's still very exciting i think from week to week um even though you have people that can say the level of football isn't up to standard of a lot of the top leagues it's still very competitive and fun to watch mm-hmm. and for you david oh yeah as, as chris says it's pretty hard to find uh, positives in the national team so let's just uh, put that to one side but actually i think um i think nikolic's year uh, has been a highlight because you know he's done really well in the MLS. It's not not something that Hungarians typically do is go go to leagues that are of, of that stature compared to the Hungarian one anyway and do so well. Um, and then of course he came back to the national team, scored in both his two games. So we have to take that I think as a small positive for this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably the last time that a Hungarian kind of went to a, another league and was so successful obviously he was really successful in Poland but in a better league and more visible league was probably Balas Dujak when he was at PSV when he was ripping up that league and um, and this is what Nikolic is doing as well like I can remember back when Dujak was at PSV he was scoring or assisting every week it was getting almost boring at, at times and that's exactly what Nikolic has done in the MLS and, and like you say like Hungarians don't do this very often so it is it, it was it's a big thing. I don't think it can be understated. And and for me, another highlight of the year has got to be the under 17s getting to that um to that European Championship, getting through the group as well, um beating France in there. Um, and without Soboslai for most of the tournament, uh, they had a few uh, highlights like Shobot Schoen, who's um, who's done really well at Ajax under 17s this year, and Kevin Shobot um, at Benfica. So that is definitely a positive to take out this year. That's the first time they qualified since I think 2004 when. When Gulacci was playing, um, Nemet I think was in the squad. It was it was MTK MTK heavy, and then them guys went on to do really well at the um, at the World Cup and um, finishing third. That it was that it was that generation. So that that is definitely a positive to take forward. Negatives though, David will stick with will stay with you. <laughs> There's probably been a lot of them. Um, what's been like kind of your worst? Um, part of the year was it Luxembourg or Andorra or just both oh that's a tough one it's like if somebody asks you which one of your legs would you like sawed off with no anesthetic <laughs> um I, I think both of them were pretty terrible but I think I think the Andorra game has to be the worst because you know it was an actual um it was a qualifier. It wasn't just a friendly that we could maybe brush off. Um, and I think the sad part of the Luxembourg game was that, you know, here were two countries. One of them was at its highest that's ever been, you know, Luxembourg. I think they drew against France in a qualifier earlier in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the season or, or the year or whenever. Uh, so, you know, this is probably the best Luxembourg have ever been. Um, and in contrast, it was the worst Hungary had ever been. Um, and what well, that's still right now, I think is the worst we've ever been. Uh, so that that was a contrast that that wasn't pleasant in that game, but I think the Andorra game just takes takes that uh, crown for this year. Yeah, I mean that just so grim. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean I don't think that anything could beat that ever. I remember was talking about earlier in the year about what was worse, the Malta result or the Andorra game, and then and then in the same year we had now we have three to choose yeah, from in the same year. It was fantastic. <laughs> And Hungary did become the first team to ever lose to Andorra and Luxembourg in the same year. And only the fourth team to ever lose to 
Andorra and Luxembourg ever. So that is that is quite something. That is quite impressive. That's something. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, and, and the other three teams obviously aren't aren't much cop. Uh, anyway, um, negatives for you, Chris. Well, I mean, I think I think you guys said it. The the game against Andorra was um, surprising to say the least. I, I don't think anybody would have um, predicted that scoreline. And then when they faced Luxembourg, I think everyone kind of thought, could it happen again? Mm. So I think the biggest surprise was the Andorra game. And then we kind of all felt, well, it might happen, you know, um, because I think we began to see, especially with the change in, in manager and all that, just there, there seems to be a theme with Hungarian football about um, things in flux. <laughs> and that could be either a good or a bad thing. And right now, um, with the way the stadiums are um, carouseling, with the way the amount of coaches that are changing, with the, all the new stuff happening with uh, the national team, I, I, you just kind of feel like everyone just took the pieces of Hungarian football and threw it up in the air. <laughs> and we're all kind of waiting to see what's going to happen when it hits the ground. Mm. Um, you know, and then, and then Gail had mentioned, um, uh, it wrote, written that great article on the state of, um, our referees in the country. And, and I think that just is, is an excla- exclamation mark to really what's happening. You know, it seems to be like, there's just a lot of unsure stuff in flux and in transition. I kind of get the feeling like, like after that article, a couple of things came out where the MLS um, kind of changed changed what they were doing in the referees department. So it almost acted upon what Gail wrote in that article straight away. I almost think when that sort of thing happens, it's like, are you guys actually doing any work like for the rest of the year? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, why are you just like reacting to this? Like, I actually do feel like that sometimes. Like, are people actually working or are they just like sitting around chilling? I don't know. Well, that's a good point, though. Like when when um, finally Stork was was let go at the end of the campaign. I mean, didn't we all get a feeling that like the MLS haven't really planned for his departure, mm. even though we lost to Andorra, then they didn't do anything about it, presumably again, because they had no plan. And then it was the end of the qualifying season. And they're like, well, we probably do have to get rid of him now. And this, now is a good time to do it. And then it was like, oh, but what do we do? Who do we hire? What what do we do? It's, uh, that That's how it felt like to me. I didn't feel like they had a plan, even though for six months, everybody had known that Stork's days are numbered. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it, it seems like maybe keeping kind of this structure in place, this germanification, because Michael Boris um, has stayed with the under-21s, the under-19 under manager, Hahn, stayed as well. So maybe they're not ripping it up completely as, as initially thought, but still, like, it still doesn't, it's not really long-termism. And this Leakins guy, um, I don't know that much about him, but if you look at his record, he's only been staying at these countries for like two or, um, or clubs for two or three years. So he's not really a long-term manager. I mean, is there, a, is there a long-term strategy in place or is it just chop and change every time? I mean, I just don't know. Well, yeah, maybe maybe it is. Oh, go sorry. Go on, Chris. No, no. I was just going to say. I think. Um, actually, why, why don't you why don't you answer the question? I was going to I was going to go off on a different thing. So go ahead and answer the question. Okay. All, all, <laughs> all, all I wanted to say literally was that that maybe that's it. Maybe the MLS said, okay, we have no suitable candidates. This is the charitable uh, interpretation, by the way. It's probably not true, but maybe they thought, okay, we don't have anyone now, so. And, and as we've said on Twitter, you know, we don't really have a great crop of players to choose from. So why don't we just wait it out for a couple of years, get someone in who's a specialist at doing that, just patching over a two year period and then think about it in the long term. But, you know, I think that's optimistic of me to assume that that's what, what's what's going yeah, on. That is what they've... But David, don't, don't you think that I mean, and again, this is this is the, the argument I've been having with some people um, outside of uh, HungarianFootball.com. But the idea of getting in a manager if, if you're looking at developing a culture and developing a program that's going to last, you know, more than just a few years, um, you really need to get somebody in that has a plan that's going to um, start now developing the right players, the right culture, the right tactics, the right attitude. Um, and I mean, th- you, you would think that there would be a few people that they can pull aside and say, okay, let's begin pulling together this team. But there doesn't really seem to be anybody out there 
that's either willing to do that or, um, I guess, with enough credentials to come in and start something that's going to be special. Yeah, like, and it goes back to that point that I made and, and you guys picked up on, is that, like, like, it doesn't seem that there's a plan or it doesn't seem that these people are working. I mean, like you just say, like it's it's intelligent and it's it's almost obvious to to work that way that's the way you get things done in football you have a plan you create a strategy and and you and you build around that kind of long-termism like it, it's just obvious and it, it, if they're not doing this like what what are they actually doing but especially in the current climate where where the players are what they are um like there's not much you can do it's not like you can bring in someone who knows how to get the best out of, of, of a decent crop of players. You know, you can't get like Goose Hiddinkin like he could with other countries and just kind of shape things up. Like he doesn't have or shake things up and sort of shape things in, enough to, to get some results. I don't think our squad is necessarily good enough for that. So you have to just say, OK, we have an under 17 team that did well this year. Let's wait a few years till they develop. Let's make sure they develop in the right way and actually hire people who are good at that. And just collectively agree that that short-term results are not as important as as a long-term um, long-term strategy because short-term results have not been good for <laughs> decades now. So but might David, as well got, wait another five years. Yeah, I've got to believe that there's somebody out there that's saying I want to put a feather in my cap. I think of a guy like Bora uh, Militinovic who who went to all these different smaller countries and really did something. You know, provided them four, five, six good years. Of, of building that I, I there's got to be somebody out there that's saying okay they may not have the best players they may not have the best but i'm going to go in there and i'm going to that's going to be the hallmark of my career right at this point just to go in and and do it because um, anybody could take germany right i mean not anybody but i mean you know any good manager could take germany there's got to be somebody out there that wants a challenge and i think it's just it's just finding that person um, is this going back to what we've seen? Is this going back to what we were talking about on um, on Twitter about Pep Guardiola taking over? <laughs> That'd be that, yeah. See, he could do a football manager thing where he, you know, he's he's the club manager at, <laughs> yeah. at Man City, and then he's kind of playing with the the Hungarian national team. That'd be awesome. Imagine that. Imagine if he just for some reason he's just like, yeah, I just always wanted to manage Hungary, and um, I'm gonna do it on a part time basis. Do you think Man City will let him? I don't know. Maybe. I suppose if they're if they're winning everything, then they might as well as let him. But yeah, I don't think that's very realistic. But like you say, it would be nice if someone if that kind of thing that happened. Maybe that's what Leakins is doing. Maybe he thinks that he has got the credentials to kind of take on this this huge challenge. I mean, he doesn't need to do it. He's an old man. Maybe he wants a little bit of money that he's going to get. But he could have got that in the UAE or somewhere a lot more rich than hungry he could have got a better, he could have got that job so you, you, i guess you've got to hope but for the mls as well like they've got a blank canvas here like it's at the bottom of the bottom it is it, it can't be any lower so you you have the opportunity to develop what you want here you have the opportunity to like paint the picture whatever you wait where you want it so in in that respect they've got the, the world's their oyster really but you have to have someone whose resume is already solid enough to withstand right. a terrible few years because <laughs> chances are if you take control of Hungary, results don't go your way, your players aren't good enough, whatever. Um, what is that going to do? I mean, is, is how employable is Bernd Stork now? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, much less employable than he was 12 months ago, I'll tell you that. I saw it. But you also, have to have, you also have to have an organization that's going to say it's okay for us to be horrible for the well, next exactly. year. Well, exactly. They need, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the fans will never be that way. I mean, I'll, I'll never, I'd love to say, I, I want to see, you know, I want to have patience there, but every time there's a loss, every time you lose against a Luxembourg or an Andorra, you know, it's, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> and it definitely puts you in lower brackets, especially with the, uh, the, the new European system, right. That's coming out, um, with the different pools, uh, A, B, and C and the lower you're in, the lower, uh, you're, uh, competition and uh, we might be seeing a lot more indoors and Luxembourg's as opposed to the you know Portugal's and Sweden's and all that and here in the future if we keep playing as poorly as we are and that and that is like you say that's the problem when the when the fans are going to be so ferocious uh, ferocious or vociferous at the MLS like are the MLS strong enough to just keep 
padding them away like oh yeah we're working for the future we're working for the future that that i mean that is just difficult like it's not easy for anyone any organization to do that and when and and when it's kind of a political tool that it is football in hungary you when things start going badly when the andorra results and the luxembourg results like happen fidesz's opposition just laugh themselves silly because this is their like greatest moment they don't care about hungarian football but they have a chance just when they see these kind of results to like point the finger so that's that's why it's kind of in a difficult position like you, you like you say you want to give them time you want to give the mls time to find this right solution but then when you get the all the media one well, i suppose not the media but the kind of the political opposition and fans all against you then in the, they are going to kind of change aren't they they're going to change their man like they did with stork i mean i was one of the people who probably wanted him to go in the end but maybe he I was, was going to say you wanted him to go yeah in. yeah but maybe it was the right thing to just kind of let him let him do his thing for a few more years but the thing then the thing is that on the flip side of that i i never believed stork was the right man in the first place so like, like, and like you say they kind of need that resume to kind of you to have that belief in them because if it can't just be any man that you put in this belief in you, you, you give a man 10 years of to do what he wants and at the end of the 10 years if it turns out to be absolutely horrendous then you've just wasted the, your life it's so, such a difficult situation really well whatever we do now has to withstand the next manager like that's the point right we want to build for the future so whatever we do shouldn't be dependent on how long the next manager is employed and that's why i said maybe leakens is a is an appointment with with that in mind that two three years later we'll be ready for someone with some infrastructure changes or whatever we'll be ready for someone to to build more of a a long-term project but like what you said about the politics if you're a manager and you see what's going on in hungary that you know you're not sure if you're going to be able to have your own way politicians trying to in- interfere potentially with football i mean is that really the environment like is is hungary a, an interesting enough challenge for someone to also put up with all that other nonsense mm. that's a good point david i mean i think if, if i were to if, if they were to come to me and say hey Chris, we've seen your resume. We love it. We want you to be a, um, uh, the next manager of, of our national team. Well, then you'd wake up. <laughs> yeah, I'd wake up first of all, and then realize I, I left my uh, I left my uh, football manager eighteen game uh, save running. So, um, no, no, I, I'm just saying any, any any Joe who came by and, and was asked that question, first of all, you know, you you've got to know just by reading the papers and seeing stuff online, you got to know that something's up. Um, and it's not all out there, and it's not as organized as, as it might need to be. And maybe you're right. Maybe Leakins is just a placeholder. Uh, but I hate to think that you're going to have somebody for two years and then change it all again as another guy comes in, and then you know he's got to reestablish um, the culture and all that kind of stuff. It just There's got to be more of a long-term um, uh, mindset here, and, and, and I don't know if a placeholder is the way to go. But it might be a placeholder that can, you know, get us some decent results. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Like, yes, we can't afford two years of of having terrible results. So we'll get someone who will get a bunch of nil-nils and, you know, just bide us time over two years and not, not embarrass us, hopefully. It'll be- I mean, if we get someone in who just doesn't lose to Andorra and Luxembourg, we've already improved on Stork. So <laughs> is it that hard to find someone for two years that... Uh, but do you bring do in the youngsters now? Do you bring in the Soboslais and the Shobats and all of them? Oh, slowly, yeah. Why not? I mean, I think Soboslai probably needs to play in the under twenty ones, right? Before, like mm-hmm. Shaloi, just give him a few games, let him let him have a run there before he steps up. But I don't know. Maybe we're ready. That, our our uh, older boys maybe are not ready yet. And that's uh, or, that's yeah, a good um, and that's a good point about the under twenty ones. That's another highlight of the year. Like they're doing really well at the moment. They drew to Sweden when they were two 0 up. Um, which, which is a good result, uh, uh, even though they, they kind of threw that away. Uh, they drew away in Turkey. Um, they had a couple of other nice results, which I can't remember off the top of my head. But that team is looking good at the moment. Like you say, Soboslai, Shaloi, uh, um, and and a few other decent lads in there, like Akos Kishkes, who's, uh, um, who's in Poland. Um, so that's another advantage to take. And another point on the, um, on the Leakins thing is that... Um, his assistant manager is um, Zelesi, who was the under-17 manager. So 
maybe what they're thinking is that Leakins takes over for two years and then uh, kind of like trains up his Padawan and um, and then the Padawan kind of learns from the Jedi in uh, in Star Wars week. I, I knew you were going to get a Star Wars reference. <laughs> I can't believe. It. Well played. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, can I can I can I? We're we're starting to get back into the positives, and this is strictly Hungarian, so we got to be more miser- uh, miserable. <laughs> um, what 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 did you guys think of our um, European highlights or lowlights? Um, you know, we had a number of teams in qualifiers and and um, a lot of crash and burns, don't you think? Yeah, but then Videoton did really well. Obviously, they beat Bordeaux over two legs, which is a, which is no mean feat at all. I guess the other ones, uh, French Vars losing to Michelin was, was a disappointment. But, I mean, they were quite good in that game. There was that, I can't remember who it was. I think, was it Cock who got sent off? And then the whole tie completely changed and they just collapsed. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right, but um, yeah, David, you probably should take on that French virus one because you're a fraudy. Well, yeah, I just um, that was slightly unfortunate. Like Michelin are obviously a good team, but yeah, it was slightly unfortunate. There was a red card that kind of tipped that balance because I think until then, I think were Ferrari not two 0 up yeah, at one I point. Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think at that point it looked looked like they might do all right. Um, I think unfortunately we have to say it's been a better European season than we've had in the last few years. Yeah. So, I mean, well, and it's funny I hear you guys talk like this. And again, I'm 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 coming from the outside, and I'm thinking, you know, yeah, so close, but didn't quite get there. And I thought, you know, like like Vastus, we had they had um, what they were up three goals, two goals, and fell apart yeah, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem yeah. um, and and you know we had, um, uh, yeah, Hanved. We had. Uh, Videotan, who yeah, they beat Bordeaux. Um, first leg against Partizan was was nil nil, right? Yeah, and they were the better team as well. Uh, that was a way right. in, in Belgrade. Well, and it, and they didn't play to any fans too, because I think that they had a stadium band, yeah. which I think was lucky for them. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, but even so, I'm thinking, man, you know, so we had we probably had three opportunities to really progress, and um, I I really really thought that um, at least one team would get to the group stages. And I thought it was just disappointing that they didn't get to it. But I might be thinking more highly of the teams than I should at this point. I think, I think you're right, though. I think we're thinking too low. I mean, like I, I kind of intimated at the start, it was kind of a good year. And David just said it was a better year than and before. But if you look at the other teams that are in there, there's a team from Macedonia in there. There's a team from Moldova in there. There's two teams from Romania. There's... Two teams from Czech Republic, like, right? I mean, that's surely not what we shouldn't be, um, kind of thinking that oh, we we're not as good as Moldova or we're not as good as Macedonia, like. Oostersund. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah, it's yeah, the first exactly, time yeah. they've ever made it, and they got through the and, group. And they, they got they got through the round of thirty-two. Yeah, exactly. How can how can they get there and Videoton and Ferencváros not get there? It it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Uh, you've Conspiracy. got much to learn, Chris. <laughs> yes, that's what I keep hearing. But the thing is with Videoton, like like you say, they beat Bordeaux, who were one of their better teams in qualifying, and then they go and kind of just capitulate to Partizan Belgrade with the Partizan with Partizan Belgrade's victorious manager from the season before. So they even nick their best, like their key tool, and still end up losing to them, like in catastrophic circumstances. It's kind of weird as well, well because you've got someone like Danko Lazovic who's like, like class. The fish. Like he's a, he's a fish, but he's a quality player who is, mm-hmm. is would probably be one of the best players in the Serbian league as well. And he's playing in Hungary, so it, it kind of shows that Vidiotan are, are definitely definitely have the side to get there. It's just well they didn't. Well, let, let me tell you all you need to know about Hungarian club football in Europe. So last year, when Freddy walked the league and they were they were looking like a really good team, they went into Europe after the summer. They played against a team who didn't even qualify by their own right. They qualified because someone else was disqualified and they couldn't progress. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And can you remember that? That, that sums it up gloriously. Can you remember that penalty <laughs> in the shootout from their keeper? I, I'm, I'm trying daily to uh, forget it. <laughs> a Rabona <laughs> down the middle of the goal by the goalkeeper I think to Ghetto, win. Ghetto missed in the shootout, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, do you know? Oh, that's a bit of uh, so Albanian trivia for you. Um, Christian Adorian's actually at that club now. Partizan, Partizani. 
which is, uh, All right. which is he was one of the Traitor. one of the wonder kids at, <laughs> at Liverpool in his time, and he's now playing in Albania. So uh, that's another another tick on the um, misery Hungarian year. And also that that team, um, Karabag or what are they called? The yeah. one that was in Chelsea's group as well, like mm, yeah, what? Yeah, again, and then they're there playing in the Champions League group stage. Astana, I think, are in the Europa League, and they're from Kazakhstan. Yeah, literally everywhere in in <laughs> in Europe, but Hungary, basically. Okay, they I have a question for you. Oh, sorry, uh, play regularly for them in Europe. Pardon? This season. Did Klein Heisler play? Um, no, he was play regularly. He was, um, he was injured. He got injured in about uh, August time, so I don't think he played so in he... Europe at all. At all. Hmm. Mm. Okay. All right, I was going to say, I have a question for you guys. So I looked at uh, the Nemzeti Sport uh, website today, and they have the fans' team of the year. Slight slight segue into, into talking about the league. Very good ha- segue. Is that... I like it. Yeah, thank you. Is it good or bad, and this is kind of related to the national team, but is it good or bad that six out of 11 players in the, in the, the supporters' 11 was Hungarian? Like, is that a lot? Is that not a lot? What do you guys think? Um, pretty good. For the I'd national say. team, for example, I'd say that well, it's probably better than average around Europe because because we had you'd probably say that if if you have foreigners in your league, then they would be the best players in the league. They should be, I think. If you're bringing foreigners to play in the league, they should be the best players in the league. Yeah, because you don't want just like like huge like rubbish like mid-table players because then you can just fill them with Hungarians, in my opinion. So I think it's can you kind list, of a good, good idea. Can you list the team? I can. So in goal, we have Dibus, who is goalkeeper of the year, according to the fans. Yeah. Then we have Stopira, Blazic, Satmari, and Nego, the back four. Uh, then we have Tojir and Goriaran in midfield. And then we've got two Vargas. We've got Roland and Kevin from, from Debrecen. And then we have Pancil and uh, Pancil Yoji and uh, Ugrai up front. Ugrai. So I think Ugrai might be, might be interesting. I think it might be partly his um, his his performances for the national team. And also, uh, the, the, whoever wrote this article also suggested that uh, Diosji would have a lot of fans. So maybe that's why he was in there. <laughs> that's true, but uh, Ugrai has been good for David Tekar. I can't remember the amount of goals he's actually scored, mm-hmm. but he seems to he seems to score every week or get an assist at least. He has been good. Um, He's got eight, eight so goals, far. Yeah, that must be near the top yeah. then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you got a few in in double digits. Yeah, Roddy um, Vargas. Bully. Lanzafan um, is got eleven or twelve, and um, the the number ten from Pushkash. Oh yeah, Nezovic. Nezovic, that's him. Yeah, about half of his goals have been penalties, though I think. Yeah, true. Yeah, um, I read a, I read an interview in with. Is, is kind of weird. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I, I read an interview with him today. They, they they're speculatively trying to ask him if he wants to become a Hungarian citizen. So Lanza farmer. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be good. Okay. Would you call him up? Why not? How old is he though? I think he's getting on a bit. I think he's thirty now. Thirty. Uh... So you know, a few years. Is he still going to be one of our top three strikers? Oh. Salah, you might be too old by then. Maybe um, I can't remember the last Hungarian that ever played for Juventus. So he's got that to him if he plays for us. <laughs> they will <laughs> at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, they tried Epel, and he's um, not done very well. Oh God, he's better than Epel, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I guess there is a striker shortage up front at the moment. I mean, you got Berdar, Prishkin still gets called up, doesn't he? Nikolic. Salai. I mean, when Salai and Nikolic aren't there, then it's kind of bare. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's better than it's better than Apple, like you say, isn't he? And he's better than Prishkin as well. God. Yeah, I, I think so. So about having Hungarian players in the in the best eleven, I think it it would be nice if all our best players played abroad. That's a better sign, right? Yeah. Than if all our best <clears> players, if if we have to pick the national team from players who are who are in the domestic league, it's probably not a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what have your highlights been of the year? Um, yeah, of the calendar year, then, David. We'll go for you in MB1. Um, I'm quite happy with uh, how what Fernando have been up to since the summer. I think I, I was very happy to to sack Doll at the end of last season. I would have been very happy to sack him at the end of last season. Um, whether or not it's his um, doing, but but Fernando have 
recruited incredibly well over the summer. Mm. They've bought just the right players, uh, and they're top of the league. Um, so, so in that respect, you know, if that if that's all him, or he's I, hired a new scout or something, I don't know. I would but... say it can't be because you know, is that three <laughs> or four years ago when every player that they were ever buying was just from Germany and mostly from Werder Bremen. So I think <laughs> yeah, he's probably true. got some scout in there who's actually just doing his homework. I mean, well, if if that's if, but if that's what he did, if he realized, you know what, this just this approach of just buying random Germans is really not working. I need to outsource this to someone. Mm. You know, if if he did that over the summer, then then that's a great job. Yeah, very. Uh, so I can't I can't really fault him since the summer. Um, the team has played really nice football. We've got some classic, lovely goals. Um, we've got the top scorer. We've got. What is it? One, two, three, five out of the top out of the supporters eleven. It's a frothy player, so mm-hmm. can't complain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just they've kind of just come from nowhere, aren't they? Like Gorioran, Gori, how do you say it? Gorian? Yeah. Uh, Gorioran, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Nando. Nando. Yeah, there we go. I asked some Uruguayan people about him, and they didn't even know who he was. <laughs> Uh, well, they know now. Yeah, exactly. Let's put him on the football map. <laughs> and he's been class this season. Pants it as You're well. assuming that, that Uruguayan people are watching NB1, though. Oh, no, no. I meant, I meant in the, in their league, they didn't even know him. Because he was playing for River Plate. No, no, no. no. Da- David just said they know him now. Oh, yeah. And I'm, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Fair. He's probably, he's probably not going to get a... Well, I don't know if he's going to get a call-up. I, I don't know how good their squad is. It's probably some stiff competition. Not like, not like Pantsil, who's yeah. going to be be good for Ghana yeah I mean yeah I mean like Pansel as well just came out of nowhere playing in the, <laughs> the top division in in Ghana like how did they get how did they sign him I I, I genuinely think that one of the their scouts just plays football manager yeah because like I said on Twitter multiple times this is exactly what you're just going to say that That's <laughs> awesome. yeah well we wouldn't be surprised um and who else that we'll Marquinhos, Marquinhos Pedroso as well as class Mm. And, um, the, the only player that I thought was a bit surprising, we signed that Rui Pedro guy, mm. and he hasn't really played. I don't know if he's injured, uh, or maybe he just can't fit into the team. But yeah, I mean, but he was. He, Lucas he looks good, well. I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah he's he's disappeared. Yeah. Rishkin was a, was a pretty bad signing. He's been yeah. he's been pretty bad. Mutari can't even get in the team, and I think Mutari's quite. Yeah, exactly, and he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is like I I I personally think that Froddy will win the league. I, I said at the start of the season, Vidi. But after their transfer business, their, their squad's just so good and it's so big, it's so strong. Uh, it's it, so it is deep in depth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Le- Le- Leandro has reinvented himself in like three different positions. <laughs> he's been playing it's, defensive yeah, mid and he's been great. Quality and it, and you know we asked this question last year, um, Tom, about French Bowers with all of the transfer activity they had last year. If you remember, they they brought in a boatload of people yeah. that didn't that didn't click, and it seems like like what you guys are seeing and what we're, we're all seeing together is uh, Dole finally has this group clicking mm. and they're playing much better. Last year at this time, they had, what, eight less points or something and they were in fourth or fifth. And now you see them, you know, obviously right up there and um, with a lot of momentum. So it's a huge, huge difference um, from last year. And, you know, who, who knew, right? Absolutely. Um, we'll stay with you for Vidi. Like, do you think... Do you think that Vidi can get back in the title? I know they're only three points behind, but do you, do you can you see them like winning the league this season? Me or David? No, we'll stick with you, Chris. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think they have um, the talent to do it. They're obviously uh, beating teams well. They're scoring goals um, both home and away, and um, they're getting the results. But um, you know, I, I think it's going to go right down to it. I I, I think that. Um, Lazovic is losing a little bit uh, of his form, and we're seeing the frustration coming out as he's uh, becoming more and more animated. Um, you know, it's funny because we didn't see a lot of that at the early part of last season, and it kind of came on towards the end um, as they as they slipped up with uh, with Hanved, and then and then this season, you know, they they got out to that really strong start, and now uh, Ferenc Faros has been reeling them in a little bit, so. I don't. I think it's going to go down to the wire. I think it's it's really between the two of them, and it's really hard to pick at this point. Mm. And Nick, I, I think they're, they're two positives to take from from the the year. Like they could really do something in Europe. I mean, we say this every. I say this every year. 
but they sh- they had they definitely have the quality to both perform in in Europe next season. They're better than a lot of st- teams. Vidya, <clears throat> especially after this year as well, that they'll be in have had have a good seed for the next next qualifiers. So they should have a have a good run at the Europa League or the Champions League, whichever one they end up in. So that is kind of something to take. Uh, but I think they need to strengthen in January or February because that they they've just got no depth compared to. To, um, to Ferrari. Well, right. And Ezekiel Henty came in. I, I think he's big and strong, and I think he's done a, a good job. I think they wanted a little bit more from yeah. him, maybe. Um, and uh, he hasn't really, you know, gotten up there. And then um, uh, Roland Juhash is strong. Was he 33, 34, 35? Yeah, getting on. Um, and he's getting on. He's, I mean, he's great leadership, but I mean, if you're looking into next summer for european qualification will he will, will he even still be around mm. at that point as well as lasovic i mean he's 34 as yeah, well that's a good so point. It's, yeah it's kind of an amazing team and then you've got someone like shepovic who i don't think is good enough who's still he's scoring goals for them but i think if they had a like a top level striker even like buddha in their team um i think they'd they'd probably be in a better position than they are shepovic is just he's, i don't think he's, he's quite good enough for them to be honest he's only scored one fewer goal than Lazovic yeah that is well but, but I Lazovic think a lot of that is playing a bit deep how good Lazovic is I mean if, if Lazovic isn't there uh Shepovic isn't as good yeah yeah and Lazovic kind of plays behind Shepovic doesn't he so uh, I think Lazovic is he's got like six assists or something as well um I don't know. I, don't, I don't, personally don't like Shepovich, but um, that's my opinion anyway <laughs> <laughs> um what about further down the table what do we what do we kind of expect to happen there? I mean, Holodosh have just been on <laughs> an incredible run the last three games, beating uh, Pushkash, Vidi and Frodi. Um, do you think they'll stay up or do you think Mezakovic um, will kind of overhaul them? O- obviously, Barnmars as well. Uh, we'll go for you, David, first. Um, yeah, I think uh, Holodash are w- with Frodi are the two teams who really don't want or wouldn't have wanted the winter break to come now. Mm. Because I think Aladash were on a roll. A few more games would have probably uh, catapulted them into like sixth place, and then they'd feel probably feel safe. I think if they can keep this up, I don't know if that's the effect of the new manager or what it is, but that they'll probably be all right. They're, they have decent players. I think they'll be fine. Um, Balmaz and Meza probably not, but there are quite a lot of games to go. Um, I, I've actually been like from from what I've seen, I've been quite impressed with Debrecen, though. Yeah, sure. Um, who are a team that barely barely escaped relegation uh, last year. And now they've done really well. And I was going to ask you guys, uh, t- talking about Debrecen, is about this this Kevin Varga guy. I've never heard of him, and he's he's been doing really well. Yeah, he's decent. Um, kind of like a tricky, low center of gravity player. Um, it's kind of a good fit for uh, Debrecen as well. They've got a lot of kind of them sort of players like Buddy, um, who was who's at Videoton, barely even played for them. Um, and then Ferenczi, who's, who's, who's good as well. He kind of fits quite nicely into that team. Um, and they've got a bit of bulk up top. And I kind of he kind of fits nicely together with that, I think. Uh, I mean, Herzeg is just, is just an incredible man. Like, he's, I always used to call him, like, the, the Alex Ferguson of Hungary. He's obviously nowhere near the, the, the level that, that he brought to United in the same respect. But the Bretson under his leadership were incredible. They obviously he took them to the Champions League and every time he came back from sitting on the beach retired, he's he's just turned them round and he's turned this this squad round which which isn't isn't the best. It's probably not as good as certainly not as good as Pushkash's. It's probably not as good as Uypes either. And they're in third and and Hunved as well. And they're in third place. It's just they've been fantastic. I, I I didn't I didn't see this coming at all, but you could never you can never underestimate Herzeg. I think one of the best things that happened to Debrechen is getting rid of uh, David Holman. Mm. Um, and um, you know I don't I don't know why. Uh, I, I hope I'm thinking of this right. I, I just felt like he was their go-to guy that just never went anywhere. <laughs> you know, especially last season, and. Um, and he just seemed like he, he he felt like he was too good for the team or whatever. But, um, you know, the fact that uh, they were able to um, offload him. And you've seen some of the other 
cream come to the top like Kevin Varga and uh, Justin Mengelo, I think is really good as well. Um, they have a they have a lot of, of wingers on that team though, yeah. <laughs> a lot of good attackers on that team. But um, you know, um, yeah, they're definitely a, a surprise. And I, I think you're right, Tom. I think um, Herzeg is uh, just a mastermind to take a team like that and um, and have them in third place by the break. That's I, I never would have thought that at the beginning of the season, obviously. No. And and like you say, Holman, I, I guess on paper, he's probably their best player. So to lose their best player and still do that is amazing. But I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with you. I think he's, he's he's kind of a player who who looks pretty, but he kind of flatters to deceive, really. I don't think he actually does that much of substance. Um, he, he, he got into nice positions, but he always kind of played the wrong pass and he's a bit greedy, didn't look up for it at all times. I think you're completely right. I think losing him was was a godsend and, and quite a lucky one as well because obviously he went to a better team in Slovan and Bratislava. So, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing that could have happened for them. Um, like, uh, what about Dave Tekal and all your pest and all the other teams? Has there any been uh, teams that have excited you apart from those ones? Uh, of the ones that we've mentioned so far? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you when I continue to root against, um, but could they continue to stay above the line as uh, Pushkash? I mean, for <laughs> whatever reason, I don't know if it's you guys that have really got me against them, but just reading about their history and understanding where they came from and what they were supposed to be and what they are now just seems like they they don't deserve to be in the league. And, and, and um it, it's just it's awful to, to see them uh it guys put me in my place here it it just almost seems like keep them in nb2 mm. and um you know let, let's have some other teams come up a lot of money a lot of misguided um strategy uh it's a team that was you know unless i'm wrong here not supposed to be where they are and now they're supposed to be this preeminent powerhouse because they have a lot of money and a nice stadium and what what is what's up with them i mean what mm. <laughs> how how are they where they are now from where they started well yeah it's ridiculous and like they they get about five fans at their games um when they play at that amazing stadium that puncher arena which is which is completely beautiful um but they've got they've got literally no fans the people who go to watch the games are just the kids who are in the youth teams that is literally the people who go to watch them even the people in the village don't really <laughs> like it to be honest it's kind of a it's just this weird thing that um, happens to be there. And then when the teams like Froddy and all your pests come along and they just walk down the street with their flares out, it's not it's not great for the residents of this lovely little village, which is a lovely little village. But yeah, they're just a team that shouldn't shouldn't be there. And they've got they've got a, a fantastic squad, like players like Jonathan Harris and uh, Diallo. Mark Vart is a quality player as well. I've always liked him. And Vongu. Uh, Von Schock, Bolosh Balo from Oyapest. Um, like it's it's a team that's performing way under their capability. Um, but it's they're called Push Cash Academy. Where <laughs> exactly where are the young players? There's none. They just buy everyone in. It's just it's just a ridiculous thing. And uh, I guess their academy is is impressive. Like there's been a the Matos Toasty um, who's at. Um, Malaga now playing for Malaga B. He came through Pushkash Academy. Um, Laszlo Kleinheisler came through Pushkash Academy. Roland Shalai came through Pushkash Academy. So there are kind of players who who are coming through this system. But that would be that would be great if if they were being played in the in like and the and the lesser ones were being played in the first team. But they're just not. So it's it it is kind of good in one way, but they're also just a nothing club that are in the in the top division when you have teams like Jaw, ZTE in the second tier who have got like great fan bases who were who were just lingering in in the in the second second tier in in the mid table like and you've got this team who don't even have any fans in the top tier it's just it's not very fair and it's I don't think I don't like it what about you Dave yeah I think when you have so much politics surrounding a team and and just it's being propped up by people who view it as a plaything rather than a well rather than an academy which is what it should have been and it bears the name of of our best footballer uh, it's it's always going to be a sour taste for everyone uh, and like you say i'm just trying to look at the stats i mean they don't really get more than a thousand people in their home game which is quite a lot 
How many are how many oh, no. of them are wave fans? <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Um, so you know they're only getting like seven hundred, eight hundred, a thousand people. Mm. Um, and like you say, like if imagine if they did well in the league, like who who would you talk to to ask about them? Or or I don't think I know a single fan that they don't have a history of of great fans. It's not like uh, a previously undiscovered region has now suddenly got a top team and everybody should be happy about that. It's just kind of. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think it would be just be nice if they weren't around. When I went to... Um, That'll get me on some sort of blacklist. But... <laughs> sure, it will. <laughs> when I went to Frodi versus Pushkash, um, uh, this is in Budapest, um, I, I was like, there's that, I, I said to the guy next to me, I was like, there's actually fans there like, who have come from Felcher. And I was like, like, who, like, do they actually support them? And he's like, oh, no, it's probably just, <laughs> it's probably just the families or, or the uh, youth, youth kids. Yeah, the groundskeeper. <laughs> yeah. groundskeeper. I mean, there wasn't many fans. There's about just scouting the grass. people there. But, like, I was still surprised to see anyone there. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Well, here's here's another uh, surprise, I think, this season. Um, just watching Baumas come come in, I, I really thought they would have been buried. They, they had a good season last year, and then uh, they came up, and I just thought, uh, yeah, but but you you can't underestimate a good coach. Uh, Horvath has come in. You, we saw what he did with with Mezukovejid last season, um, and then going down to NB two and coming back up. I I don't know. I but I think their last what five or six games, seven games they've only they've only lost once, and um, they're they're hanging in there. I I don't know about you guys, but. I would love to see them stay up and push guys go down. I don't know if that'll happen, but um, yeah, I know. think that's unlikely. But it would be nice. I just think, it, think... It, that would be the story of the season for me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I think we we would all sign off on that right now. I think. Yeah. For that to happen, I think it, what is more likely is that Vosha will be in the danger zone after the after the Ooh. season they had last year. Who thought about that? Yeah. Who thought that yeah, would happen? That's a huge. That's a big one too. You're right. I mean, they were punching above their weight last year, but. They're punching below their weight this year. Yeah, they definitely are. Like that's kind of gone under the radar, really. Like their their team is is very good. Like Remili and and Gal Hongyo, I absolutely adore. Um, but, and I said this early early on. I said, you know, Remili is good. Um, I think he was uh, a little better last year, but I think you can't you can't take away the importance of a guy like uh, Mahir Saglik, who was their captain last season, and he left. I guess on a free. I don't know if it was if it was mutual consent, but I thought to myself at the beginning of the season they're going to miss that guy, and sure enough, you know they're they're not the same team, and I I can't help to think it has something to do with that. Mm, true, and I I think that um, Kamenar in in gold has probably been arguably the best keeper in the league this season. He's been absolutely amazing. I don't think he's put a foot wrong, and he's made some incredible saves, and that kind of probably shows just how bad they've been. If he's been so good that um that that's how bad that Voshosh have been it's, yeah it's, it's it's kind of weird that and it's going to be interesting to see how it develops next year they've got players like Ristevsky who've been linked to Frodi in in recent months and I don't know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch them um and Balin ba- uh Gal who last season did so well with Paladash mm. right and then now he's what he's I, he, I think he's joint leader in goals but not not a really big amount and i just kind of feel like he's been lost and forgotten yeah definitely he's not really t- he's only scored five i think so yeah it's not really Something it's like not that. really turned out to be the signing that we thought it would because voshosh were, were i can remember this time last year we had a podcast and voshosh were at the top um almost um almost on top of the table which was unbelievable at the time and then they signed gal who was in amazing form for holly and then he just didn't do it at all for Voshosh, and Voshosh slipped down, and they're still slipping down today. Like ever since that podcast, we've kind of put a curse on them. I think, maybe definitely, maybe yeah. What happened to Martin Adam? Also, what happened? He's he's has he been injured? I mean, he, he seems to be. Last season, he he did so well for them, and he's not not played the same. Who's that? Sorry, Martin Adam. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, just another another forward that um, was scoring. I think he got injured in the spring part of the season last season, and then you know he's nowhere to be found. So uh, yeah, there's just players like that that seem to go missing. 
or, or lose form with that. And, and it's just how it's been all season. They've just been snake bit, but mm. who knows? Is the manager doomed? Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't sacked him, but... Mm. But he did... I guess he did such a good job, and I don't know. Would he want to... But in footballing terms, that was yeah. eons ago. That's true. Yeah. But who's the guy that... that that brought Leicester to the uh, uh, to the champion uh, to, to the Premier League title. Ranieri. <laughs> no, I know that. I'm just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> how how quickly we forget, you know? Because <laughs> we talked about that, didn't we? That Vasquez was like the the Leicester City of of the of MB1, and um, and uh, you know they have one great year. They get into Europe, and then you know they're they're probably playing to their ability. Would you think? I'll give this. Yeah, season, that's I'll probably give, true. Arguably, yeah, yeah. 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 So, how quickly? But I, you're, I think you're right. I think Enning is probably out. It'd be interesting. Yeah, I heard you keep hearing the rumors that Mesa is going to take over. That seems pretty solid. I'm surprised it hasn't been ha- hasn't happened already. Mm. Like if they're going to well, do it. They just started the break, David. Yeah, true. <laughs> Plenty of time. Well, but but then why why would you do it in the middle of the break? Do you know what I mean? Like if if the season's over, that's or the well the the first half of the season's over. If you're going to sack your manager. You're gonna do it then, right? So, True. I, based on based on what what it, what's happened now, it's probably likely he's gonna be in charge come February, right? True, true. Um, yeah, we might as well round it up now. I think we're about five minutes away from an hour. Um, what are your predictions for the year, um, David? We'll go for MB1. Who's gonna win the league? Who's gonna go down? And national team wise, I mean, we don't start. I don't. Yeah, is it qualification in September? Is that right? It might have changed. When do we find out the groups in January or something? Yeah, January, I think. I think that's League of Nations in January, and I think we yeah, find out cool. the other one a bit later on. Yeah, like, it's, well, it's whatever, whatever like, the thing is, League of Nations. Yeah, we, we used to know because well, it we, started in September we, all the time, but it's, obviously this League of Nations thing's changed it a bit. But yeah, we're already yeah. in like the right, like we know what other teams we could pick from, right? Because they've all been put into Little buckets. Pots. Yeah, like yeah. we're top seeded in the third band or whatever yeah. i don't even know the terminology yeah that's pretty much but it. yeah so so we, we we kind of know vaguely what teams i think we've avoided scotland and romania and someone else which is a shame i would have liked to have a, a british team romania and scotland in the group would have been really good really fun <laughs> yeah but you know we also wanna, we also want to do well <laughs> that's true that's true um, okay, so predictions. I think I think Freddy will win the league. As a Freddy fan, obviously I'll say that. But I mean, they've looked really good in in the games against VD away and home and away. I think Freddy looked better better than VD by more than VD looked better than Freddy in the reverse fixture. And timeline wise, Freddy have just been improving, and VD have lost two on the trot. Obviously, there's a huge break now, so anything could happen. But I think uh, based on the stuff we've discussed, I think I think Freddy have the, the squad to win the league. Um, uh, going down, uh, I don't know. I know who I'd like to go down, and we've touched on that as well. But I think Mezu are probably going to go down. They don't have the squad to stay up, even in this league. Um, and probably Barmaz. But depending on what Vashash do, if if they don't change anything drastically, they they could easily go down. That's true. All right, let's say Vashash, and then if if that happens, I can come back to this podcast and say I told you so. Otherwise, we'll just delete it from the internet. <laughs> Not Holly. <laughs> no, I think Holly will be fine. Good stuff. Um, I've just looked at the the fixtures for this um group of League of Nations thing. They're in September, October, and November. So we're I'm gonna give you I'm gonna tell you to give us a prediction where we're gonna finish first, second, or third, or fourth in the group. And we could. Are we just gonna get four teams or three teams? That's also confusing because yeah. the smallest pot has I, I fewer teams. Three. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. I think. Yeah, this, Three groups of four and then one group of three. Okay. So so we, third or fourth. Pot two. <laughs> pot two we could get Greece, Serbia, Albania, Norway. Pot three we can get Montenegro, Israel, Bulgaria, Finland, and pot four Cyprus, Estonia, and Lithuania. I mean that is tough. If you got like, if you got Albania and Finland, yeah, you, and that was the group, then we could top that. Yeah. If we get Serbia, what were the other ones Montenegro. in the third team? I don't know what was it. Montenegro, Serbia, Montenegro, and oh, someone in the other group, we could finish third or fourth. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think we should revisit that when we get the groups because we it could go either way. Yeah, gonna uh, I'm cool. just hoping that we'll we'll get a decent group and and have some decent games. Yeah. Ooh, it's gonna be tough. Um, Chris, to you, MB1. 
well, yeah, internationally, I think, again, it's a little little early to start speculating and all that. And I, when the groups come out, I'd, I'd love to have that chat. But um, I, I'm going to agree with David. I think I think Friday have the uh, the team in place. Um, and it looks like uh, Dahl has uh, addressed the issues of inconsistency that weren't addressed last season. Um, again, there's a whole another half of the season almost to play, so it's, it's, it is hard to say. And the one thing I have learned um, more than anything is that anyone can beat anybody at any point. Um, and uh, it, it's really, really hard to, 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 to predict this league. But um, as it stands now, Friday looked like the informed team. They're ahead. They look really good. Um, I think Vidi and uh, I'm going to say um, I, I'm going to tip uh, Weepesh for being in third. I think that they're going to come on. Um, and it's not just because I, I, I fancy them. I, I think they're a good team that uh, has some good players that are still coming together. And then on the other end, um, I also agree. I think Mezzo is on their way out. Um, and I am going to say, unfortunately, Balmes is going to be the one that goes out. I, um, yeah, I agree. And um, I, I think Horvath is 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 good good manager i think he'll always find a, a team and be one if he wants it but um i just i think at some point um they'll slip and continue to fall he can take over kishvar the mid-season next year <laughs> of course <laughs> they deserve to be up They're, them to it uh them and mtk oh, look like they're definitely going to go up i think they're miles ahead mm-hmm. already in mtk um uh, but I, I tell you what what is going to be interesting is the cup um Froddy and Video are out already, so that's a good point. Really opened it up for everyone else. MT Car, the last time that they quite, um, got to a cup final was when they were in MB2, so maybe it could happen again. Like they've got a good enough team to probably get there, um, and they've, if they get a kind of a, a kind enough draw along the way, then I don't see why they can why they won't um, get there. To be fair. Um, obviously have the next fixtures come out? They have. Um, they have got a team called Senyo Carnifex, who I have no <laughs> idea who they are. They might be fourth. They're a used car. There's they're a used car used car dealer in Debrecen. So they they just brought a bunch of, of their sales team onto it. Yeah, should be an easy win for them. <laughs> they've um they've beat um, Duna Tisha Oshwald in a uh, in the last round. Um. Well, that's some kind of concrete company. Asphalt is like tarmac, I think. Oh, okay. Is that the right word? Some technical building term. Oh, yeah, Shane, you. The hell are they? <laughs> no idea. Yeah. I'm sorry, Shane, you fans. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of them listening. They, they're going <laughs> mad right now. Shit. Don't want to get on the um, <laughs> on the wrong side of the Shenyo fans. Shenyo ultras. Um, the ultras would be. Jor is still in there as well from MB2, which is quite nice. Um, Shia Fark as well, names that have um, gone by era. Zoli Gershag as well. Um, Budafak still in? They are not. Don't know who they went out to. Uh, they went out to Debrecen in the last round, apparently. 3 uh, 0. That's, that's a shame. They had a great run. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that's that. And Vots. Um, is it, yeah, Vots um, against David Tekar. Uh, Vots are actually owned by a, a, an Englishman, John Marshall. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So um, they're going quite well in MB2. I think they're fourth or fifth as well. So that would be quite interesting. They they were the team that beat Vidi in the last round. So, yeah, that, the could mm. be uh, something to look forward to uh, as well. We only have one one MB, um, one NB1 matchup with Wipesh versus Paksh, and everybody else can probably progress. Yeah, that's, that's a shame, really. You want kind of... Well, I personally want the uh, MB1 play- teams to play each other, so they. Um... Yeah. But you never know that Bolmars could easily go out to Jaw, um, and ZTE could beat Pushkash. That that'd be fantastic. Like I was saying earlier, um, coincidentally, is that a team in MB2 who've got fantastic fans, ZTE, have got Pushkash who've got no fans. So that'd be great if they could get one over on them, even if they're not in the um, even if they're not in MB1. But yeah, and we we lost a European spot this this year, didn't we? Um, no, still four. So the top three, and then the Mogyar Cupper winner will get one. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. I th- not long to go, Chris. Yeah, I think so, because obviously it's changed again, hasn't it? The um, qualifications changed. I think Europa League has stayed the same actually, but um, to get into the Champions League is going to be a lot harder because I think only four teams 
from the Champions route get in. That's including teams like Celtic as well. So, <laughs> they didn't need to make that any harder for us. No, they didn't really, no. <laughs> but they have them. Uh, the bastards. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's that... Note to end I on. Think that, <laughs> yeah, everyone's a bastard, aren't they, these days? Um, <laughs> uh, maybe. That can go in the outtake. <laughs> <laughs> okay um thanks for coming on the show david and chris thanks a lot guys thanks a lot good to be here always yeah yeah see you next time happy new year everyone <laughs>